Greetings, and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. In this standalone up, all right, welcome to episode 264. Let's hope it turns out to be a lot more boring than it potentially could be. Got a new member podcast feed, which uh, just went live over the weekend. So you can access it via the link in the newsletter, which you should have already received. And it will give you access to all the regular podcast episodes, plus additional special content, which is just for members, which I'm looking to increase quite a bit here in 2021. So again, just uh, click the link and get your feed URL, and then just add the URL to whatever podcast app that you use. And you will get a new icon, which has a uh, strong blue border around it. It's just a different sort of look. Should be able to tell the difference between that and the public feed. All right, and with that, let's get into security news. The NSA is recommending that enterprises use designated DNS resolvers and that they deny all others. This has always been my primary security tell. Basically, show me how a company manages DNS, and I'll show you how secure they likely are. It's not a perfect measure, but it's a really good proxy from my experience. GSA, which is the central buying authority for the U.S. federal government, is removing all but five higher trust drones from its contract offerings. So most drones are Chinese, it turns out. and They have a few that are somewhat trusted, and they're going with those, and they're denying everything else. So, Parler News. Evidently, they were hacked via an IDOR vulnerability, which I think we knew this like a week ago or so, which is basically where each post is designated with an ID number, and you can just iterate through those ID numbers and pull all the posts. So, that's how this database was extracted. It wasn't, air quote, hacked. It's just get requests, right, using the app kind of the way it was designed. But they also found out that you could pull deleted posts using this because as you just iterated through, some of the posts that you got back were tagged as deleted, but they weren't actually removed. So a lot of people were really upset about that. And everyone was wondering, where are they going to go, right? AWS kicked them out. And now everyone's like, where are they going to go? Well, looks like they went to DDoS Guard. So this is like their Cloudflare-like company that's protecting them except for it's owned by Russians. Two Russian guys stood it up. And they've been using, these two Russians guys have been protecting sites like racist content, conspiracy-oriented content, and pro-Russian government sites. So it's like where you go if Cloudflare won't host you, essentially. And that is who Parler decided to go with to get their site back online. So... Have to give a hat tip to the Russians, always helping us out. They took Snowden, they helped us find those pesky emails, and now they're hosting Parler. It's an interesting world we live in. And the White House has launched the National Artificial Intelligence Initiative Office, an organization that will coordinate and oversee 
National AI Policy Initiatives for the United States government. It's also got a really cool logo, which is an eagle, but instead of holding like the olive branch and the arrow, it's holding the web of like a neural net. So pretty cool logo there. A reporter looked at the different information available to companies through Microsoft Teams, and it evidently allows people to see tons of data on how many meetings you've taken, of what type of meeting, was it ad hoc, was it scheduled, how often did you share, how long did you share when you did share, just like this massive list of data. And uh, a bunch of people are concerned that this could lead to micromanagement, which will eventually lead to performance management. And I definitely understand that concern. I mean, it doesn't mean it will be used in that way, but they're just getting a lot of flack for enabling that type of behavior. The FBI says a woman might have tried to sell Pelosi's stolen laptop to Russian intelligence. The woman is currently on the run and has changed her phone number and deleted her social media accounts. And yeah, once again, we have Russia entering the conversation out of nowhere. Quite strange. And Rob Joyce has been appointed to be director of cybersecurity at NSA. Pretty exciting news. And Jabber is evidently the Russian hacker communication tool of choice due to its decentralization and use of encryption. SAP has patched multiple code injection and DDoS vulnerabilities. Apache Tomcat has an advisory for multiple versions. Ubiquity says they've had a breach and that you should change your password. And OpenWRT also reported a breach due to someone getting admin access to a forum. And Coalfire has purchased pen testing platform Neuralis. Technology news. If your organization uses Elasticsearch or Kibana, you need to start looking at alternatives. They just switched their license from Apache V2 to SSPL, which means if you use them, you could start having to share your intellectual property. So a lot of people are starting to look around. Got a list here of Engadget's best of CES 2021. It's a video overview on the YouTubes. A lot of 5G stuff. I was especially taking a look at all the LG monitors which is uh, my brand of choice for displays. And the whole conference was virtual, as you might expect. I didn't sign up for it. I've actually been a couple times and done the 10 miles a day of walking. That was quite fun, doing that with Jason. But, yeah, I didn't go. I didn't sign up for the virtual thing. I just watched the YouTube summaries at the end of each evening. City analysts are saying that Spotify's bet on podcasting is not going so well. They're not getting the returns on all those millions of dollars that they spent so far, evidently. Medium has purchased Glows, or Glows, a social book reading company, which lets you share highlights and comments on books among people on the platform, which reminds me kind of like Medium, you know, where you can highlight and then tweet something out or whatever, or just highlight it and other people see the highlight. I actually have a piece of functionality like that on the site now. You can highlight anything on the site and it'll open up a Twitter dialogue. But yeah, they're looking to add that functionality to book reading as well. I think anything around books is fun because I just love reading. So sounds exciting. We'll see if Medium can do something fun with it. 
China has decided to nationalize Jack Ma's Alibaba and Ant Group. Well, that certainly sends a strong message to would-be entrepreneurs in China. Basically, if you get too big or too cocky, we'll take you over. We'll just swoop in as the government and it will all belong to us. I see this as great news for the West, as it just says even more loudly to would-be entrepreneurs in China that you need to leave. You need to get as fast as possible to the U.S. or Canada or Europe, where you can actually have your creation and keep it after it gets popular. Crazy idea. Fitbit has been fully acquired by Google, which I'm sorry to say, in my opinion, just means we're likely to never hear much from Fitbit again. I would not be surprised if the next major thing we heard from them was Google discontinues Fitbit line to focus on Google Fitness. I really just see that headline coming. They have an extraordinary ability to kill products. It's unbelievable to me. Tons of tech workers are leaving the Bay Area due to high rent and high taxes, among other things. They're mostly going to Austin, but many other places as well. Miami, Seattle. I think those were the main cities that were mentioned, but most people are going to Austin. The New York Times discusses their own in-house ad tech that they're using to transition off of third-party cookies. They say their internal solution, based on first-party data, performs as well or better than what they had with third-party cookies. Really cool option if you're the New York Times and you have all those millions of readers, but so many other platforms rely on those third parties. and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a rough time ahead for them. I think they need to move pretty quickly to subscription models. Human news. About a third of Americans regularly get news from Facebook, 36%. And the next most common is YouTube at 23%. The Chinese economy grew by around 2% in 2020, when most countries, even prominent large countries, failed or regressed, went backwards. The United States, for example, lost 4.3% in 2020, according to current estimates. Testosterone levels continue to decline for young U.S. men. Primary suspected causes are obesity and lack of physical exercise. Netflix is releasing 70 original films in 2021. And the Seven Sisters myth is perhaps the oldest story in creation, if not one of the oldest. And it's based in astronomy, and it could be 100,000 years old. So they found this story, or variations of the story, in multiple cultures. And it's basically about the Pleiades, which are often called the Seven Sisters. But it's actually six stars. So the idea is that it was seven sisters, and they were being pursued by men, and one of them fled and is in hiding. That's why you only see six. And evidently, you have this among Aborigines in Australia. You have it just all over the place. So, really interesting. Potentially one of the oldest stories in human history. 100,000 years old and based in astronomy. And 65% of Americans are currently willing to get the COVID vaccine. Ideas, trends, and analysis. Enthusiasm is life. This is an essay I wrote this week. 
One path to happiness might be as easy as being obsessed with something interesting. Beliefs have consequences. The primary risk from misinformation is the propagation of cult-like ideologies. In the Bay Area Exodus, I see that tons of people are leaving the Bay Area, but I honestly think many of them will be back. Or if they don't return, they will wish that they could return. As someone born and raised here, I can't really imagine living anywhere else except maybe London, although I did live in Georgia for 10 years, and that really just solidified this opinion. I think the weather and the geography is too wonderful, and the diversity of thought and people is really unmatched or nearly unmatched. I think there's just so much to do and easy access to nearly every type of terrain. I actually know some real estate types who have already started helping people move back to the Bay Area who left and built houses in other states. And it turns out Texas is hot. <laughs> I think there's only so much you could do in a giant house when there's nothing around you. I mean, I was looking at houses out there. You can get quite a bit of house for very little money, but what do you do after that? So I think the Austin experiment will be interesting. I wonder how much the city will change and how many people will come back to SF or go to LA after a few years. I think for younger people, the percentage will be quite high. What happens when moderation comes to every influencer platform? Companies like Substack and Spotify are about to start moderating content in the same way that Twitter and Facebook have been. And since they're private companies, they'll be able to make decisions based on what's good for their business and their reputation. And this could be a problem for anyone with a non-mainstream view on a topic, depending on how powerful and expansive the cancel culture becomes. If it stays focused on parlor-level offenses, I don't really see it that as a problem, right? I see it's fine if people want to take that kind of content offline, and it makes total sense to me. But if they start going after anyone with non-standard ideas, and they can exert their influence everywhere, including Patreon, Memberful, OnlyFans, Twitch, you know, all these different places that influencers can go. I think it's going to be really bad for the internet. Updates I'm quite worried about this week. We have an inauguration and an impeachment trial going on simultaneously, which is pretty sure that's a first. And then the FBI is warning about widespread violence. Honestly, I'm tapped out. I can see the violence fizzling completely, just turning into an anticlimax, or I could see it starting the demise of the Union, like quite literally. And at this point, I'm just unable to care anymore. I just don't know of an action that I can take to help. So I feel like I have to withdraw my attention and find a way to inject something positive. And that's why I've, you've probably seen it if you've watched Twitter at all. Just I'm just trying to be positive. I'm trying to uplift people. I'm trying to have as much positive focus in this show as possible. There's lots of stuff we could be talking about, which is much, much worse. And I think I'll keep those dedicated to, you know, specialized custom episodes of the podcast where I can explore one particular topic, if it's political or, or otherwise. But then someone can just read the title and go on, right? You don't want to read about security news and just 
be overflowed with this horrible stuff happening in the world, especially if it's political and you just don't agree with that opinion. So I've been trying to regulate what I'm taking in and also what I'm putting out with others. And hopefully that'll get us through the week. I'm excited about the new member podcast feed. I've been wanting to offer more exclusive content to members for a while. And I do have some ideas. One is sharing more thoughts on optimization and long-term planning, especially around career goals and similar topics, just basically how to get to the next level of what it is you're trying to do and how to find what you're actually trying to do. I think that's a really interesting topic that we discuss a decent amount within uh, the Slack channel. Another idea is more interviews. I think a lot of people would like to hear other conversations in addition to just me. And we've had some good success. We've had some good interviews in the past. So I want to keep that going. The other thing I'm wondering is how to split up the episodes among the, the member feed and the public feed. So right now, all episodes of the podcast go into the public feed. But I'm wondering if we should separate it out and only members get the even episodes, just like on the newsletter. It'll definitely hurt the podcast reach if we do that, but I don't know. It's up to us to decide, so let me know what you think. But a bunch of the new content that I'm talking about, interviews and optimization-focused content, is definitely going to be member-only. Definitely want to make that useful. And again, you only have to sign up for the one, for the member one, and it gets all the stuff from the public one, so you don't have to worry about managing two. Discovery. GNU Radio just released version 3.9.0.0. Big O Notation Explained. This is my article from, I don't know, a couple years back. But I saw one on Big O Notation on Hacker News recently. I didn't like it as much as the one that I put together, so I'm just posting that one. And the story of a Capitol Police officer in a MAGA hat is a trip. You, you got to check this thing out. He's a black guy. He's a Democrat and a Capitol policeman. But he puts on a MAGA hat and tells some protesters in the front of the line for some help getting his police officers out of the building. And they're like, yeah, no problem, brother. We'll help you out. He offers him or offers them his megaphone. And they start, you know, calling out from the front of the line, make a hole, make a hole. So he's wearing a MAGA hat in the middle, and they cut through the crowd and get all the way to the front. He gets in, gets the cops, and they lead him back out. So he like rescues the cops from this mob. And there's just like this feeling of camaraderie among him and this crew that help him do this. But they're they're protesting as well, right? So obviously there's different levels of you know, violence and aggression and political ideologies all throughout that crowd, right? So it's not like we should expect this not to be able to happen, but it was quite strange. And as they're being let out, you know, the policeman got in massive trouble because he basically helped them. He basically helped, you know, these unlawful people. Um, and he helped the police withdraw and basically surrender or retreat. And so he got in massive trouble for that, but I'm like, come on, 
It's like a hundred to one here. Do you want to risk their lives? Like I, I think what he did was a good thing. I think what he did was smart. And it also speaks to the fact that not everyone there was just horrible, right? You've got this black cop who's like, hey, help me. And they help him. And on the way out, they got this train that's leading outside of the building. And these other protesters are like, or at least one, there's this one woman, she's like giving the cops hugs <laughs> as they're leaving, right? But <laughs> they're part of the group that's kind of storming the building or whatever. Um, I, I don't think they were in front, so they technically weren't storming. But they're part of the, this massive protest against, you know, the current status quo. It's just a very strange thing. Like, it, it makes you, you're like, which one of y'all kicked me, right? You're not sure exactly who you should be most mad at at this point. You just know it's very strange. We need data engineers, a lot more than data scientists. This is a really cool piece. Uh, it says inside of here that 70, there's 70% more open recs for data engineers than there are for scientists. And I think this is a really interesting way to look at it. If you want to be a standalone data scientist, you basically need to be something of a data engineer. So if you look at the whole life cycle of getting all the way to a data science, you know, ML type result, some massive percentage of your work is handling the data that, that allows you to get a good answer. The difference between the terminal, the console, and a shell. List of the most popular college books in different categories and regions. Someone's 10-question DSQ. This was the first time I heard that acronym. DSQ, Dumb Security Questionnaire. <laughs> and it's uh, 10 questions. It's actually four questions, and then they say, here's, uh, no, it's six questions, and then here's four other things. Give us as much as you can in these four areas. Really cool little thing. And especially since I don't think these questionnaires have much value at all. So if you can find high signal lists of 10 questions and maybe trim down the time it takes to do these things, then maybe you can spend more time doing real security stuff elsewhere in the org. And we got a deep fake of Linda Carter as Wonder Woman in the latest movies because we obviously need that. WP Recon, a WordPress bone scanner written in Go. And cheat.sh, a really creative way to do tutorials. It's like, yeah, it's just a crazy interface. Check it out. Recommendations. If you haven't seen them already, you have to check out these uh, sea shanties, which I originally found on TikTok, and now they're just kind of blowing up all over the internet. Like a bunch of mainstream uh, organizations, you know, reporting has been done. On the main guy who made it famous, he's uh, a postie, which means a... Um, He's a postman, basically, and uh, in, in Scotland. So super strong Scottish accent. And shanties are these old seafaring songs, basically, that just, they establish like a pace. It's like uh, a cadence for running, except for it's a cadence for working. And they've got like these, I don't know, really interesting lyrics, but the melodies are what I really love about it. And it's just got this basic beat. And it just kept everyone in sync and not thinking about how crap their work was and their life was at the time. But uh, quite emotional for me, actually, to hear these things. I, I don't know why, but there's just so many people, uh, mostly on TikTok, who have come in and rehash these things, remix them. They're doing massive numbers of mashups. You've got, like, bass being added to these things. Like, extraordinary. 
There's a technical one uh, that I really like with a with a cat bobbing its head. It's uh, high quality stuff, especially in these uh, crazy times. Next recommendation: read one of these greatest books of all time. This is a really good list. I think it's greatestbooks.org or something. But uh, yeah, follow that link. Pick one. The greats, the classics, they really are better than most books. Take care of yourself this week. This is the final recommendation. It could be a crazy one. If you need to stay riveted to the news because that's just a thing that you need, so be it. But be sure to eat well, get some sleep, and if you need to disconnect, don't feel guilty about that. And the aphorism for the week Never take investment advice from somebody who has to work for a living. Never take investment advice from somebody who has to work for a living. Nassim Taleb.